This is the Quantum Biology Podcast, where we break down the practical health applications of this emerging science, starting with healthy light habits and going wherever the quantum superhighway takes us. In this episode, Dr. Corey Gasvini invites us to share his journey from a vegan night owl musician to a sunrise everyday quantum clinician and educator. Dr. Gasvini is board certified in acupuncture, Chinese herbology, and biomedicine, and is an expert in the science of light, water, magnetism, and mitochondria. In true quantum fashion, we begin by discussing the family dynamics and trauma that led him to his awareness of a deeper energy and ultimately guided him to become devoted to health and healing at the quantum level. Dr. Gasvini shares deeply and generously about his experience and takes us for a wild ride on his cosmic journey. Hello. Hey, Corey. Thanks so much for being here. I'm really excited that we're finally doing this. Um, maybe you could start just by introducing yourselves a little bit about what you do, uh, and and then just telling us your personal your personal health journey or your personal quantum journey, whatever resonates more for you. Uh, yeah, definitely. I really appreciate you having me on here on your platform, by the way. I really like what you and Jason are doing. Um, and I know that it's something that you guys put a lot of effort into. And uh, I, I guess it, it took me a little while to actually get on here. But um, it's interesting how different experiences will lead us uh, back to where we actually need to go, even though you may perceive yourself to be on an alternate trajectory. But I myself, I grew up in a family that was what I consider to be quite disconnected. Uh, and I'll describe what, what that really means in a short bit, but they were, but both of my families are, um, very hierarchical in a way. My grandfather on my mother's side and my grandfather on my father's side are both hyper successful men that uh, are very high on uh, the societal totem pole and were extremely successful in their lifetimes. Uh, but coming from a family where I was brought up with a bit of a silver spoon in my mouth, I was able to perceive a side of human existence that most people on the planet only, only strive to achieve or strive to experience. And we have this idea in civilization that people that are the most successful or have the most amount of things could potentially be the most comfortable or the happiest. <clears throat> and most people assume that just because they come from uh, an upbringing or a part of society where they don't necessarily have all the things that they think that they want. But I can say that from my lifetime experience, I personally have. And... I know for a fact that the, the most successful people 
that I knew personally were the most unhappiest people that I've ever known in my entire life. Uh, my uncle being a very good example of someone that within uh, the first 45 years of his life was able to make probably a hundred million dollars. And uh, ultimately before he turned 55, he decided that he needed to commit suicide because he couldn't figure everything out about life and what it really meant. And that sent a huge shatter through my entire family. And I realized that life or the universe works ultimately in very inconspicuous ways. And I feel like I got the message, or at least I was trying to pay attention to whatever the message the universe was trying to deliver, or even he himself was trying to deliver <clears throat> him being the backbone or the leader of my entire family and, and seeing how we can devote one single person and, and that person can devote one single idea to being the most, uh, to achieving the most being where we all really want to go. And, um, you know, before, before all that happened, his health had begun to de began to decline. Uh, he ultimately was pre-diabetic and became obese, became diabetic, eventually started to have signs and symptoms of obvious heart disease. And he was a pretty young guy and extremely active and, he spent a lot of time outside, believe it or not, but he had three cell phones ever since the mid nineties. And so he was constantly surrounded by electromagnetic fields. And, uh, you know, it, it isn't until you really experience it firsthand that you can ultimately realize that having everything isn't exactly what we're here for or, or what, the purpose of life really is. So from a young age, that's uh, the idea that I really got because most of that happened when I was around 15 years old. And, you know, I didn't really understand what it meant, but I was trying to, uh, I knew that it would be part of my life experience to see how something that can be so massive and massively affect all the people in my lives. Um, not only sense of well-being, but their understanding of what life really means. And so from, from my young age, I started to think that there, in some way, shape, or form that I was destined to help people. And uh, I was somewhat of a comedian from middle school to high school and then ultimately throughout my early 20s. And as a musician, uh, that was my main stay. And my main focus was to play music. And, and from an outside perspective, that being hardcore punk and metal music, you could perceive that as being something that isn't meant to uh, help anyone or heal. But ultimately it is because it's a form of escape. And that's the illusion that we have here in this civilized life is that 
in order to make things better or to find a solution to the problems that we've taken on as a burden, whether those be psychological stress, emotional stress, or all of those things that lead to physiological stress, we try to develop certain habits that we can make to ultimately reach what we perceive as happiness. And for some people, uh, that may be getting fit and being looked at as sexier. For some people, that may be looking younger. Uh, if you're in high school, that may be trying to look older. And I know from... Uh, a musician standpoint, it may be trying to look cooler and, and some people may be trying to look smarter by using bigger words and dressing in a more, um, in a more sophisticated way or speaking in a more sophisticated way. Uh, but ultimately, the most foundational experience, I believe, of this lifetime is to discern the difference between what truly makes you happy and what truly doesn't. And we create these attachments to certain things that sort of divorce us from the true purpose. And uh, I think that really starts with education and the education system, ultimately. Like, our education has us confused into thinking that the more that we know, the more intelligent we're going to be or the more knowledge you would actually have. But information itself is not necessarily knowledge or experience. And you have to experience things in your life before you can actually have any frame of reference, right? Because just learning something and it, having it explained to you in an intellectual way doesn't provide the experiential knowledge that you really need to have any frame of reference for some sort of information. And uh, realistically, in my lifetime, I've come to the realization that the more that you think that you know, the further that we actually become from having a connection to this coherent dynamic that, that life truly is. Because learning things written down in a book, explained through institutionalized education, only goes into the mind and the more that we inflate the mind the more that we become discoherent from our ability to actually feel and experience emotions and <clears throat> i never understood any of that because my entire upbringing was all about escaping and when i say escaping i mean um, buying nice cars or having nice things and creating this um, own self-illusion 
to to allowing those superficial aspects of um, materialistic life to label ourselves to separate different classes of people from each other. And I think that's, that's why I was able to get drawn toward studying acupuncture and Chinese medicine ultimately is because in the foundations of Chinese medicine, because the way that I discovered Chinese medicine was to try and heal my own health problems that I ultimately ended up with from having a severely disrupted circadian rhythm from being a musician for years and from just living a really poor idiotic lifestyle as a vegan as well. One of the things that helped me was acupuncture. And I realize now that Chinese medicine, what it truly is, 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 is an attempt to create a system that reminds people of how coherent we are with nature, right? Because modern science is trying to deliver this idea that we can explain it well. I'm not sure if, if we ever will be able to explain it definitively because ultimately there's a coherent system that we're involved with and science is measuring our biological behavior, our biochemical pathways outside of that coherent environment. And I'm pretty sure that Chinese philosophy and Chinese medicine are the only systems of knowledge that we have that have truly documented the behavior of the human organism while it is in that coherent state with nature. So over time, uh, I've gone full circle. Like initially my entrance toward the Chinese medicine path was one that was on a bit of a, spiritual journey in my mind, I would actually say, because looking back, I felt like I was on a spiritual journey, but having been vegan for six years, I was really becoming dissociated from my body. So it's almost like a, a long-term fasting that you do for years. And, you know, you really get so skinny and you're lacking so many vital nutrients that um, you begin to become delusional and you almost begin to uh, have like a psychedelic experience, which is really strange. I, I don't know how much fasting that you've actually done, but long-term fasting is definitely a trip. And um, 
at some point along the line, through studying Chinese medicine, I became interested in other other forms of ancient philosophy, and I started to learn a little bit about Ayurveda. And through learning about Ayurveda, I saw that there was a lot of connections between the two systems, and uh, ultimately. Yin and Yang is the first chapter of every Chinese medicine textbook, and that teaches how there's an inevitable cycle of light and dark in every macrocosm and microcosmic aspect, and the human body is merely a reflection. Of the environment and how it's designed to behave, and so with that understanding,、uh, I saw that there were different practices in in Ayurvedic medicine. One of those being sun gazing the sunrise with naked skin. And when I started to to experience that practice. I, I noticed that my cells begin to vibrate at a different state、uh, because I was I was organizing to the energy that was in my environment, and my cells were beginning to vibrate to that specific epigenetic programming and oscillation. And I'm at the firm belief now that. It's it's not until you experience that vibration that you can begin to build a relationship with who you really are, and and once you do that, then you can ultimately realize how you got to where you are and where you need to go. And shortly after that. Uh, through becoming more obsessed with、uh, ancient philosophy and the traditional adoration for the cycles of the sun, I came across the work of Dr. Jack Cruz. And whenever I found his work,、uh, a video on the internet. On YouTube, it was the Nourish Vermont 2016 video that he had done, and in that presentation, he was able to explain all of the biochemical and biophysical reasons why being in nature makes the the human organism coherent, and、uh, you know. Chinese medicine has understood that for thousands of years. It, the the only difficulty is that we lack the the language translation, or ultimately, we lack that connection to be able to feel and understand exactly what they're talking about. You see, because institutionalized education, the education system that we have in modern society, wants people to have intellect. And to use intelligence and get information and store it into their brain, 
Well, the more you, the more you use your brain, I, I believe the more that you become inflated with an ego that's separating you from being able to feel what you actually are here to experience here in your heart, a completely different type of uh, wisdom. And uh, that's why I've noticed that I can be a bit repelled by educated minds that intend to use a lot of fancy terminologies and want to explain that they understand biology in a more sophisticated way, unless I can see that they're also willing and capable of experiencing how to feel. And, um, in all reality, the, the study of Dr. Jack Crew's work led me on what I call a spiritual awakening. So I went back the opposite direction again and um, started to want to know more about biochemistry and biophysics and how and why those things are a great explanation <clears throat> for how biology is designed to work in nature. But it wasn't until we had this experience with 2020 and 2021 that I began to see exactly how and why the education system is pointing us more toward the direction of being stuck in our mind and absent from being present in our hearts. And that brought me again back to Chinese philosophy because in Chinese medicine, it's explained ad nauseum that the spirit is what becomes disconnected when you have disease. So all wellness can be brought back to one ultimate concept. And it is through obtaining harmony that we can heal. And we have a body. It isn't something we are. And we don't have a spirit or you could say an energy. Energy is something that we most definitively are. And that energy comes from our environment. It's not something that we create out of thin air. And it's impossible of being created. You know, it's, it's only something that can change form. Uh, we know that the law of conservation of energy. So, realistically, what I'm trying to say is the energy that we gather from the environment is exactly what we are. And as we, as we become obsessed with societal and uh, superficial ideas and education, we separate ourselves from this infinite amount of energy that we're capable of accessing 
whenever we live like our ancestors actually did. And we know through our more developed understanding in physics that energy and information are actually one and the same. And I, I have come to the realization that we can gather as much information from our scientific experiments as we can to think that we understand. But it's not until we go where that information and energy is being delivered, meaning all life is ultimately tied to the energy that comes from the sun, that we can actually feel what it is we're here to experience. Um, that is a beautiful articulation of it. And um, yeah, I, I, I really see what you mean. It's we are souls and our intellect is a tool. And we have um, sharpened that tool to the detriment of all our other aspects of ourselves and raised its level of significance above all the others, our intuition, our conscious interaction with where our body is in time and space. And it's left us uh, bereft in many ways. It's left us bereft in terms of feel, uh, a wholehearted connection and feeling, but it's also structured society in a way that prioritizes that intellectual tool and the mechanisms by which intellect is celebrated above our direct lived experience in many ways. And what I think is so beautiful about quantum biology is that it's not asking us to take something or stop doing something. It's asking us to live. <laughs> it's asking us to go outside and live so true and whenever you go into the the traditional science uh, that's addicted to the concept or the traditional I should say health science is addicted to the concept of exercising or the concept of um, being obsessed with nutrition or um any other types of practices like that. And, and then you see that you're, you're actually trying to attach to an idea that something here in this specific space time, like exactly what you're talking about is going to um, actually fix the system. And like I said, uh, there is, there's not a physicality or an object or, or something that you can actually do that's going to facilitate this energy. This energy comes from outside of ourselves. And it isn't until the music starts playing at the sunrise that you can start dancing to that specific tune unless you're truly there in, in all types of ways. And, uh, you know, it's just like what we were talking about before we started recording this call 
about how it's quite obvious that there's a never-ending agenda that's play-by-play that wants to uh, continuously prop up fear. And, you know, on uh, the quantum health perspective, you know, quantum biology allows us to understand that it's truly all about light and energy. And, you know, realistically, what, what do those things fundamentally do? Uh, well, they allow for your parasympathetic nervous system to awaken like you're truly designed to do. Like it, the parasympathetic should be our default state. But this society, this environment, these ideas that we have now are creating a default state out of the sympathetic nervous system. And uh, that's exactly how you create disease. I mean, 95% of all disease is attributed to stress. And so it doesn't matter if that's psychological, emotional stress, if that's um, physical stress, if that's environmental stress, all those things are the same exact thing in your body, physiologically the same response. And so you are deactivating the default state of biology. I mean, think about how dramatic that really is. And it can be done by a multitude of things, whether it be artificial light or whether it be um, eating a ton of processed sugary foods or uh, whether it be being in a relationship with a complete asshole. Um, Either one of those things is a complete disruption of how we're actually designed to work. And until you realize that, you know, both Fox News and CNN are trying to poison your mind. And, and anyone that uh, wants to try and explain how and why they're really wrong on a descriptive level isn't far off from that either. Then then I don't think you're going to quite figure it out, even if you're uh, eating oysters uh, and watching the sunrise every day, because every single minute counts. And that information that you're, you're programming your mind with is inevitably energy as well. And what are emotions, ultimately, their energy. So... That's what our environment is trying to do, is trying to provide the energy that we need. That's what natural light does. And uh, artificial light, artificial information from, uh, from the media, from the institutionalized education system, those are attempting to find a way to steal your energy whether it be to manipulate you into 
being in a parasympathetic state or manipulate you into thinking that you need to burn yourself at both ends to be able to afford a Mercedes Benz. You know what I'm saying? And uh, either way, I'm really, really excited about the future of humanity because we're able to uh, have discussions on platforms like this, the one that you created and done a really good job doing that because you're, what, what are you really? You're a decentralized form of education. And that's exactly what we need because whenever education becomes centralized, it's always profiting the people at the top of that centralization. And that's the same exact thing that I'm doing on my side with my membership with Carrie Bennett and the quantum masterclass that we created because we want to decentralize education so that people can learn what they want and need to learn for themselves, not for the profit agenda of other people, right? And I, I really look forward to seeing where this goes here, especially with Quantum Health TV. Now, even though I did notice that uh, that's quite a oxymoron, quantum health and TV, but the system works nonetheless. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it's an interesting time because there are so many tools available um, now for people who want to share information. We're no longer beholden to people who own the printing press or people who own the credentialed institutions. Um, and, you know, at a certain point, the average person just wants their problem to be solved. They want their pain to go away. So they're willing to go where they need to go to, to get that, to learn how to do that. So I agree with you. I think it's an incredibly optimistic time. Um, although it's also challenging in many ways. <laughs> um, this lifetime was supposed to be easy. Look yeah, at no, we definitely opted in for some, for some heavy lifting in, in certain ways, I think, in this lifetime, yeah. If we're all, if you're alive on the planet right now, you raised your hand for some interesting, <laughs> some interesting uh, moments in humanity. In a big way. And, you know, I personally don't believe that at any point in human history, life was more difficult or, or even better than it is now. I think that that yeah. can just be a perception that you allow yourself to accept based on certain, certain uh, programming, we should say. Yes, I agree. And I think in many, 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 many ways, we have it much better and much easier than certainly the bulk of the history of civilization, um, especially living where we live and having access to the food and 
other necessities of life in a relatively easy way. I absolutely agree with that. And I was listening to a, a professor give a talk on the history of censorship, you know, and even that is entirely predictable. <laughs> it happens. The same forces are at play and a new technology comes that allow new voices to be heard in new ways, whether it's the invention of the printing press or the invention of the copy, copying machine or what, you know, the social media, whatever it is, a new technology comes, it gives voice to the unheard. Those voices start to get some traction and the powers that be try to stop it. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a story as old as time. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, for the first time, luckily, we're at a point to where we do have really brilliant people like yourself teaming up with other brilliant people like Dr. Cruz that are relentless at delivering the message. And ultimately, it's not even their message, right? It's the message of mother nature because they're not trying to explain some brilliant thing that that they've developed they're just trying to remind you of okay there's the most brilliant thing out there are you going to access it and experience it for yourself because you're the only person that's in the driver's seat of your own health so you as the captain have to make the decision uh, am I just going to sit here and learn about these things? Am I going to agree that this guy that uses really fancy words that thinks he understands functional medicine and appears to be a genius is going to be able to fix my problems? Or are you going to understand that there's an infinite amount of energy that's waiting for you to tap into it. If you could just put your bare feet on the ground at the ocean and just wait until you see what actually happens. And a lot of people refuse to accept the fact that that's really how it exactly works. But, you know, it really is. And I understand that there's a, there's some form of a balance that we're trying to make. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here on this internet with you having this discussion right now. Because I can say from my own personal experience, I've had that same, I've had that, that attempt at going into nature. You know, in 2020, I ran away into the forest after I finished acupuncture school I went into Bluntstown, Florida, the middle of nowhere, because I felt like I was going to find exactly what I needed there. And uh, one day I ended up getting like 700 ticks all over my body. And uh, that's when I made the realization, okay, so <laughs> there's a reason why we don't live this way anymore. And uh, I got the I got the message pretty quick, but I also have had the 
to counter experience myself staying up until three or four o'clock in the morning every single night and sleeping in until noon or 1 p.m and eating the largest meal of the day at uh 11 30 p.m being like a vegan taco bell and uh, sodas and stuff like that for years uh, until i got wrecked by that but I, I truly feel like I'm on the right path now uh, and, and all of us here on this site, I know if you've found this information, I know that you have access to more than you can possibly believe, but no one's going to be able to explain it for you until you can actually go experience it. If you want, if you want to know deeper because you've already began to experience it, or if you want to know more of the how and why, this is a good place to start uh, working with someone like myself and creating a specified protocol for your own individual self. Or taking the quantum masterclass that Carrie Bennett and I developed are methods of zeroing in exact ways you can integrate that balance into your own life but i know for sure if you're already here that you're on the right path and so the the thing that quantum biology really does is it heals your mitochondria right and the reason it does is because mitochondria are simply an analog for the energy that's in your environment because they themselves are energy factors. And uh, we know just based on thermodynamics alone, if your environment is cold, then your mitochondria will begin to make more energy, that they will make more heat. And so um, it's in a similar concept of understanding that when the energy from your environment is being disrupted by interference patterns of electromagnetic waves, or you're spending a majority of your day in artificial light where you don't have access to the full spectrum wavelength that's going to power up your biochemistry and build an exclusion zone in your cells, then that lowers the redox potential and causes disruption in the mitochondria. The mitochondria become less efficient, you could say. And uh, it's, it's because they're constantly paying attention to what's in your environment. So all you have to do is ultimately change your environment to do that. Well, Chinese medicine has understood that for a very long time. Uh, you know, you have different aspects of, uh, of the environment within yin and yang. Um, and the mitochondria being more of a yang part of the cell, the energetic, the, the heat, the movement aspect. And, uh, you know, there are even people in this community that I know that you don't have close ties with, uh, but 
are trying to use the concept of quantum biology to their own favor to be able to convince you to buy into their certain DNA therapy or their, uh, their supplement therapy or to go and uh, get their complex analysis to try and understand what your genetic phenotypes really are. And uh, I don't really think that for most people, I don't, I don't really think that that's the answer considering the fact that uh, your genes are activated by the mitochondria, right? Like uh, whatever different types of phenotypes you have or genetic predispositions are either activated or deactivated based on the amount of energy that you have. So, and, and it, it was really interesting uh, recently, I was listening to a talk that Doug Wallace did where he was explaining that a large portion of the nuclear genome is, is genetic information that was offloaded by the mitochondria into the DNA so that mitochondria could focus more on building energy and uh, wouldn't have to store so much information per se. And the nuclear genome became more specified at storing information and was allowing the mitochondria to do its work in that way. So they were specialized. So that really tells, tells you a lot when you realize that because uh, every, single, every single environment that you're in at every moment, it means that your mitochondria is offloading that information. It's, it's storing that information in your genes in some way. So you don't only owe it to your present self, right? It's like what you mentioned in time space earlier. Uh, space and time, uh, they're, they're sort of fluid, right? So any decision that we're making now ultimately changes the future. But that's not just uh, in metaphysical terms, like it's in actual physical terms when you think about it that way, because you're programming not only the efficiency of your mitochondria, but mitochondria are offloading their information into the nuclear DNA. So it's, uh, it's literally up to us to see what we can do for our uh, future offspring in that exact way. And it was up to them to do what they could uh, for us. But see, ultimately, they weren't as stupid as we are. Because they, and, and we think that we're so brilliant because we have so much information up here and we can explain it so well with fancy terminologies. Uh, but they didn't have any of those so-called sciences. They didn't have any of those ideas. That's because they were able to experience life from here. And they, they knew exactly how to feel, even if that feeling means pain. Because pain and symptoms are nothing more than a communication mechanism that the body is trying to use to tell you that what you're doing or where you are is completely inefficient. 
And if you don't listen to that communication, it's not going to work. Even if you're dialing it in with a, with a complex biochemical analysis or whatever genetic protocol you're trying to do. Um, given your background studying um, Chinese medicine so deeply, and then you came to the, to the sort of quantum physics of biology. Um, so you've, you've talked a lot about, about how they overlap. Could you, could you talk a little bit more about the, the meridian system and what you noticed or what you observed in terms of learning about mitochondria and quantum biology? and how, the, how the, the systems work together on a functional level? Yeah, I'd love to. I know that you mentioned whenever we had a short discussion via email before the call that you were going to ask me the question of something along the lines of, in your perspective, how does light work in its relationship with the body or how does it affect the body? And I thought that was such a, I thought it was a great and interesting question because my answer to it is explain to me how it doesn't. Because effectively all matter is, is, a condensed form of electromagnetic energy. And so there is not a thing that isn't affected by the behavior of light. Uh, but to explain it more effectively, um, the way that the acupuncture channels work, and I prefer the term channels because I think that's, that's closer to the Chinese definition. And the, the Chinese terminology for the channels is Jing Luo. And the symbol for the term Jing is like a fine thread of silk or woven fabric. And the Luo describes A, an ancient river system or the bodies of water where massive energy travels. And this is a concept that was understood far before they applied it to human physiology or human biology just because the original form of Chinese philosophy is simply the observation of nature. Uh, like Taoism, right? That's where Chinese medicine is actually derived from because they ultimately realized there's this really complex, coherent balance of the different behaviors in nature. And then they came to the realization that those same processes to the T are what happens inside of our own body as a microcosm. And those rivers 
are what the channels actually are because the ancients knew that rivers carried an amazing amount of energy and nutrition and information throughout the whole global global network <clears throat> and when you understand it that way um the the more modern explanation is to realize that we have a a body that's covered in fascia and that all of our tissues are completely covered by fascias made mostly by collagen and this fascia literally is everywhere from your eyes to your uh, all of the tissues in your body all of the organs are just completely covered in it and it's a it's a type of plasma or it's a uh, in a in a semi-crystalline structure and uh, collagen is mostly made of water and it's not actually the fascia as much that is the channel system it's more so the space between the fascial compartments where this biological water exists, this exclusion zone is where the coherence of the, the biological system as a whole begins to organize itself. And so you could think of the channels in acupuncture as the hallways and the bedroom of your house. And that's why it's never really been understood because in uh, modern science, we always think of everything that has any significance. There must be a specific biochemical or there must be a specific uh, biostructure or there must be something there that we can perceive and measure for it to be significant. And it's actually the water there in between the compartments that is the most significant aspect of how the body actually works. And I know that you understand that because you know a bit about the fourth phase of water. And the reason that they utilize the term meridians is because when some of the first translations were made uh, that was the best word that they could come up with because it was similar to the ley line the meridian lines of the globe that you look at the latitude and the longitude lines uh, but that's not quite exactly how it works so in that water we know that water absorbs and stores electromagnetic energy and that's exactly how the exclusion zone works. It builds the positive and negative charge on both sides to be able to form a biological battery. And so these different channels are organized in such a way that they create a specific harmonic resonance within the body. And uh, as you know, electromagnetic waves 
whenever they interact with surfaces, when they interact with other medium, they form an electromechanical wave. And so in that way, the body is like a resonance cavity for electromagnetic and electromechanical waves. By resonance cavity, I mean it's like a violin. And the way that its structure is brilliantly designed is to reverberate beautiful sounds in a coherent state. Now, the point is, what is the input on those sounds, right? Because I don't know if you've ever tried it. If you pick up a violin and you don't know what the hell you're doing, there's never been a worse sound than that, you know? It's worse than nails on a chalkboard. And that's what an artificially lit environment really does to the system because those channels are designed to be charged and programmed by the sun and uh, or fire right because we know that fire is something that humans have been exposed to for a very long time and we've developed an adaptation to be able to utilize that and so the body truly is an instrument in that way. And you need that instrument to have a conductor. And the ultimate conductor to all of biology and nature is in fact the star in the sky that we call a sun. And the sun is playing music through this instrument that is actually an electrical bag of water that we call a body, right? And then so you realize that um, it's, it is for sure the environment that causes a disruption, but to go even deeper, classical Chinese medicine has understood for a very long time that all disease is rooted in a specific emotion and that emotions are at the root of all disease. That goes back to what we said earlier about 95% of all illness rooted in a form of stress. Well, I know that you understand yin and yang, but there's also a classical component to the five elements, wood, fire, um, the earth, metal, and water. And those different environmental aspects that exist in nature also have a microcosm in you and each one of the five major organs are also associated with that specific behavior that exists in nature so you have your liver which is the wood component the heart which is fire you also have the lung, which is the metal. You have the stomach and spleen that are the earth and the kidneys, which are applied to the natural component of water. And each one of those organ systems is also associated with a specific vibrational emotion. The liver is associated with anger. The heart is associated with 
joy. The spleen is associated with what could be considered anxiety. The lungs are associated with grief. And the kidneys are also associated with fear. And so what does this come back to again? Well, if a specific organ system has disruption, then that's going to express itself in a specific emotion. And that emotion is an energetic vibration. And that vibration is going to cause disharmony within the reverberating system. And how do you develop coherence with that system? Ultimately, by being in the right environment that programs it out in nature. But now that we live in an environment that's saturated with aberrated non-native electromagnetic fields that destroy our ability to receive that energetic programming, that environmental programming, that actually enter us into a state of stress now that we love to get bombarded with information that constantly puts us in a state of stress that leaves us in a state of fear. I don't have a, it drawn out here, but if I were to draw it out and to show the relationships between the different organs also have a, a specific coherence pattern and they're interdependent upon each other. So there's also a control aspect. And in Chinese medicine, the heart is also attributed to the shin or the spirit. And that's controlled by the kidneys. So this relationship is exactly how you maintain coherence between your fear and joy emotional concepts. And when the kidney is overacting, or you're in a perpetual state of fear, it is impossible for the heart to be in coherence with the system. And you need all of these organs to play a very specific dance, to have a very specific relationship with not only the inside of your body, but with the outside. Because we've created this illusion through our education system, through the constant input of what we consider to be knowledge, it creates this idea of illusion, not realizing that we are just as much a part of nature as it is a part of us. And it's kind of ridiculous that um, we need so many super intelligent people to explain it in biochemistry because... <laughs> Even then, I, I don't think uh, that we're ever going to definitively be able to explain exactly what Mother Nature is talking about. And everyone wants a scientific paper to show evidence, right? But if you just look, what in the world is the most longest standing form of evidence? It's the fact that the forest behind me is still functioning like it's designed to function. What more evidence do you need? 
nature is coherent because it's still there and it knows exactly what it's doing and how it does its work. We are not going to be able to understand that story completely until we go and experience that for ourselves. Yeah. And what we're really doing, it seems to me, uh, is removing the artificial barriers that we've created and put in between ourselves and our natural environment, which we were designed to live in harmony with. And now we feel like it's, oh, I have to do all this work. <laughs> but really, it's more of a, a restorative process. I mean, maybe as you talked about with your experience in the deep woods, like no one's saying you have to go do that, but just to acknowledge the fact that we were designed to live in harmony with the natural, with our natural environment and anything that stops us from doing that is an artificial creation of humans that we did uh, because we were, we lost consciousness of that connection. And I, I always, I remember um, we lived in Hong Kong for a while. And when we first got there, we, we stayed in the city and we were up really, really early because of jet lag. And all of the parks were filled at dawn with senior citizens doing Tai Chi as the sun rose. And that image was just really strong in my mind as you were talking about balancing our organs and balancing our emotions and that the ind individual choices that we make that bring, our, bring ourselves into coherence, we are actually contributing to the greater coherence of the world around us. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, just because uh, time and space are fluid, right? So I realized ultimately recently based on a image that I posted on the internet that was for me quite revealing. In that image, it was over 10 years ago and I was uh, probably 70 pounds heavier than I am now. And I looked like I was probably 15 years older than I am now. And it's just quite unbelievable when you really look at it that way. Uh, and, and no one can understand that as much for me. And, and someone actually was like, that's not even, I don't even believe that that's you. I'm not kidding. Like, I don't believe. And I, I told them, uh, you know what? It's not actually. It isn't me. Because I don't think the same. I don't breathe the same. I don't sleep the same, think the same. Nothing about me is the same. But then you have these manipulative people on the internet and in science that want to tell us that there's something called a nuclear DNA that has everything that we are programmed inside of it. And if that were true, then me being who I am today is a physical impossibility, according to scientific terms. Because the only thing that is the same is my DNA. Yeah, so 
it's a it's a bit confusing because uh, I'm I'm sort of saying giving off the message to ignore the science, right? But I'm not I'm not actually saying that. What I'm trying to say is learn how to decipher the information through the lens of nature. And a scientific publication is not going to be able to describe that. You're going to have to experience that for yourself. And then you can feel the no here. I know that from my own experiences. I love it. Thank you so much. Is there any um, anything that you wanted to share that um, didn't come up in our conversation so far? Anything you're thinking about? Observations, research, anything that's sort of coming to your mind? No, I was just thinking that I'll reiterate the fact that there's a lot of great information on here. Uh, I'm thankful to be a part of everyone else that has made such a huge difference. I hope that people can actually take the advice that they're given because I know that everyone on this platform comes from a very sincere place and actually knows what they're talking about based on experience, not based on something that they learned in a medical textbook alone. And I want to say like, if, uh, if anyone is interested in learning or experiencing more, experiencing more, don't, don't hesitate to reach out to any and everyone on this platform, because that's, a, that's exactly what we're here to do is to teach what we already know. And I think that's one of our important destinies and the whole purpose of knowing anything is that you would have the ability to teach it to someone else, because I, I believe that teaching and learning is exactly the same thing only at different points in the, the chronology of time. So I don't, I don't think that any one of us are going to do anything uh, for our own personal benefit. It's for the benefit of everyone else as an entire whole. So good luck to anyone that's uh, first getting on this platform. I think that it's, a, it's an amazing road to be on. Thanks, Corey. And um, thanks for sharing with us. Uh, I'm just like, so amazed and happy to, to talk to all, you know, to talk to you and people who've just put their whole hearts and minds and souls into understanding and then sharing it and guiding others on the path. It's really amazing. So thank you for your contributions. Oh, yeah, for sure. I appreciate it, Meredith. Hopefully we can chat again soon. This has been the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast. To find a practitioner who practices from this point of view, visit our directory at quantumbiologycollective.org. If you are a practitioner, definitely take a look at the Applied Quantum Biology Certification, a six-week study of the science of the new human health paradigm and its practical application with your patients and clients. We also love to feature graduates of the program on this very podcast. Until next time, the QBC.